threw us five dollars. Very much appreciated. Be like them. Um, help out Kebu at the very end of our spring membership drive here. We are working on growing the grassroots. That's our theme. And we need your help. So check us out, kebu.fm slash give or text kebu to 44321. We really appreciate any help that we can get. And it makes a big difference. We're volunteer driven and funded by our community. And, you know, our programming is for you. So again, that's kebu.fm slash give or text kebu to 44321. Stay with us. Listening to KBOO Portland 90.7 FM. KBOO Community Radio holds open meetings concerning the operations and programming of KBOO in accordance with the requirements of the Communications Act of 1934 and certification requirements of the Corporation for Public Broadcasting. Information about KBOO Community Radio's open meeting policy is available at our website at kboo.fm. Due to the temporary closure of in-station activity at KBOO, board meetings will be conducted online via public video conferencing unless otherwise noted. A public link and phone number to attend the meetings are available on our website. The KBOO Board of Directors meets the fourth Monday of the month starting at 6 p.m. Please visit our website at kboo.fm to verify if a meeting is being held. On the Multnomah and Clackamas Chinookan people's land. The stolen land of the Multnomah and Clackamas Chinookan people, specifically right here. Those people, these people, have stewarded the land from time immemorial. And we must acknowledge that we are here on, we are here settled on stolen land. We must take that message to every podium and in every table discussion to remember, as Palestinians, we will always stand with you in your struggle for decolonization. We thank you for allowing us to be here. It is easy to believe anything when you ignore history and the voices of the oppressed. It is easy to accept the unacceptable, the atrocious, when you dehumanize the victims of atrocity. It is easy to claim you did not see what is plainly in broad daylight when you actively uplift and support the mechanisms that place the veil before your eyes. That ignoring, that dehumanizing, that veil is for you to live easily while our people are ripped from our lands and livelihoods. That ignoring, that dehumanizing, that veil makes it easy for you to actually participate and support the uprooting of our people. It has always been about one thing in the U.S., to aid in imperialism everywhere, because it is easier than not. We're here today, as we have always been as Palestinians in the diaspora, here to make it difficult for you to remain silent. Right. <laughs> difficult difficult to go back to your ignoring and your claims of ignorance. El Nekbe, 
an Arabic word that means the catastrophe, has been memorialized in Palestinian hearts and minds to describe the events that occurred between 1947 and 1949 in order to create the Zionist occupation state of Israel, which declared its colonialist occupation one sovereignty in April of 1948. Between 1947 and 1949, upwards of 800,000 Palestinians were forcefully displaced, fled for their lives, lost their homes, their land, their livelihoods, their dreams, their future dreams, as the fledgling occupation state violently sieged and occupied over 400 villages across Palestine. At that time, Palestinians found themselves landless, houseless, and without agency, seeking refuge in the still unoccupied parts of Palestine, in Jordan, in Syria, and other parts of the Arab world. They walked with their possessions, holding and supporting their elders up, carrying their children, many recently widowed due to the massacres, seeking refuge wherever it may be. They found tent camps, temporary accommodations, and for many, only the never-ending road. The fate of 1948 Palestinians, as we call them, was in the hands of others, and their trajectories and displacement was diverse. For many with hands full of the few heirlooms they might have been lucky enough to grab, especially keys to their homes, which they harbored a hope to return to, this was the last time that they saw their beloved land. Them and their future descendants would never see Palestine. Us Palestinians commemorate and mourn the losses but we also resist the illegitimate narrative of the occupier today. We do so every year, Nekba Day. Today you will hear stories of the Nekba and what that means to Palestinians here in your city, what they and their families experience in relation to the Nekba, but also how they continue to experience it. I want to express something before our speakers tell you their stories. In actuality, the, the Nekba did not begin in 1948, and it never, ever ended. From Palestine to Philippines, stop the U.S. war machine. From Palestine to Philippines, stop the U.S. war machine. From Palestine to Philippines, stop the U.S. war machine. Before we go on to the next speaker, there was over 400 villages that were depopulated in 1947 to 1949, and I wish that we had the time to say every single one of those villages' names. But I'm gonna say the 28 villages that constituted around the Akke subdivision lost 47,000, 47,000 people were depopulated from that area. That was 28 villages. And in the Beersheba, Be'er-Seba, in the south, 19 villages totaling 91,700 people. Free, free Palestine! Free, free Palestine! Free, free Palestine! Free, free Palestine! Our next speaker is uh, a newly arrived Palestinian to our city. Please welcome Sada.
Hi, everyone. Um, I didn't prepare anything to say because every time I went to go write something, I sobbed. And I don't do that often. Um, I wanted to tell you about my grandfather's story, who can't be here today to tell it. <sighs> he grew up in a town called Sidna Ali, next to Yaffa. He lived a wonderful childhood where he went to swim during his recess because it was so close to Medi the Mediterranean Sea that he could swim during his recess, which is something unheard of here. Um, the Nakba, what it means to him, is taking his family in the middle of the night in two doses to go to his aunt's house because the Israelis were about to bomb his house. It means the Israelis bombing his truck on the way to Kalkilia and him, his hair turning white at the age of 14. He broke his kneecaps and nearing the end of his life, he was getting worse at walking. Freeing Palestine means to me is going home. A home I've never been able to go, but a home that lives in my heart. See, even talking about it makes me shake because it makes me so angry that I can never visit. At the age of 14, my mom tried to enter Palestine. She was denied the right based on stereotypes. Everybody else in her family was allowed to go in except her, but she was not allowed to. If the Zionist system isn't white supremacy, supremacy I don't know what is. It breaks my heart every time I have to go on Instagram and see my people being tortured. It breaks my heart every time I have to go on Instagram and see another child killed. It makes me want to break into a thousand pieces when I hear that my people will never be free. But they will. They will prevail. And Palestine will be free! I want to thank everybody for coming today. It makes me so happy to see so many people here today. In the Baysan sub-district, sub 19,000 people displaced out of 40 villages. And all throughout Gaza, numbering over 60 villages, 80,000 people were displaced. Repeat after this, please. Justice is our demand, no peace on stolen land. Justice is our demand, no peace on stolen land. My name is Wa'il al-Asadi, and um, I want to speak today on behalf of my grandmother, my teta, who's in Syria right now, a refugee. She's 87 years old. And on behalf of my daughter, Zaina, who all these years later is born, she's one years old. And my family was from Safad, uh, in the northeast of Palestine. My family, Safad was surrounded. It was isolated and it was bombed from the outside. My grandparents had to leave on foot. And one of the ways in which they instilled fear in the hearts of people to get them to leave because people were resisting, because people do not want to leave their home, whether it's 1948 or whether it's 2021, is that they burned down the village next to Safad in full view of everybody in Safad. The Zionist forces at that time to scare everyone to leave as they were bombarding. And my family left. 
My teta ended up in Syria. My grandfather lost his mother and his sister in the process because of exposure to the elements as they walked on foot, leaving their homes, leaving every single thing behind. And that story doesn't end then because that generation was dispossessed of their homes and for those of us who were forced out of Palestine, they were left without documentation, without a home. For my parents and their generation who grew up in Syria, who grew up in Lebanon, who grew up in Jordan, who grew up around the Middle East and around the world and were left without a state, without documentation, subject to being removed from wherever they were. My father and my mother had to leave Syria because of my father and their activism in solidarity with Palestine. And for those who have organized here in the United States, their children's children, who have gone on campuses, who've gone to universities, who've said we have to boycott and divest and sanction Israel until it ends its human rights violations of the Palestinian people. The Nakba is ongoing because they call you anti-Semitic if you demand your very basic rights and put you on blacklists. But people will keep on fighting and thank you to all the organizers who put this event on and focused on history. The focus on history is important because they want to shut that away. They want to say it's a complicated issue. It's not a complicated issue when you ask any Palestinian that is in this arena here about what happened to their family in 1948. They want to say this is simply a legal eviction, but every single Palestinian life in this room puts lie to what that, that, that is an eviction. We have a name for years and years and years of evicting people from their homeland. It's called ethnic cleansing, so let's call it by its name. And for those whose memory is only one week old who point to the bombs coming out of uh, Gaza, bombs of a people that are in despair, who are in the largest open prison in the world, we say one thing to them, the people who are under occupation, who have been assaulted and ethnically cleansed for years, have a right to resist. And we know they lie about their worry about violence. Because when we say this country can end things overnight by stopping their billions in weapons and support for Israel, we call that the boycott divestment sanctions movement, they attack us. And I've been to many demonstrations now for 15 years, and it's, it's, I, I think there is something different happening today. What's different is not the absolute depravity of the Israeli state's actions. That has continued. Our parents, our grandparents um, know about that, and we have been to many protests uh, to, to, to resist this. But what has changed, it feels like, is the level of resistance of the Palestinian people, who I think are waking up again after years in every single part of the Palestinian population. We are seeing protests in the West Bank, in Gaza, inside of 1948, the Israeli citizens of Palestinians, which is scaring them because they say that Israel is a democracy. That is showing how big of a lie it is. And I will just end with this. 
the Palestinians are resisting. People in Baghdad, Baghdad are out. In Iraq, people in Jordan are out um, in, in defiance. And people across the United States. And what we do here matters. The United States is the single largest backer for the Israeli state, militarily, economically, morally. And shame on Biden for vetoing that resolution saying that Israel needs to stop. Shame on the Biden administration that the only thing out of their mouths as children are being killed is that Israel has a right to defend itself. But that is not the only voice out there. There are our voices in the streets, and there was Rashida Tlaib, the first Palestinian woman in Congress, who gave a beautiful speech in the streets. Not one more penny to the Israeli state until Palestine is free. In Haifa, Northwestern Subdistrict, 60 villages were depopulated, totaling 120,000 Palestinians. In Hebron, which we say Khalil, 16 villages with 23,000 people depopulated. In Janin, the Janin Subdistrict, eight villages, 4,000 people. What I haven't mentioned in the past subdistricts sub that I mentioned to you were the massacres. So I'd like to go back because that's part of the, what has happened to us. In Be'er Seba, we underwent one large massacre. In Akke, eight massacres. In Baysan, one massacre. In Gaza, six massacres. Haifa, ten massacres. Khalil, two massacres. Hi everyone, I just wanted to thank you all for coming today. I wrote this speech while I'm in tears and I hope I can complete it. As of right now, a Palestinian man called Muhammad Hadidi met his two-month baby, the only survivor for his family that killed an Israeli airstrike, which bombed the family home in a refugee camp in Gaza last night. Muhammad's wife and his four kids were killed in the massacre. He saw his wife and his kids in pieces. Wilson, Wilson, were they killed for? Wilson, were they killed for? It was Eid. They were still wearing their Eid's clothes. In 1948 was the Nakba, and today we're living it all over again. Israeli Zionists are acting like Nazis. Come and get me. I'm a Palestinian woman, and I'm here. Come and get me. I'm speaking the truth.
You are not gonna talk, tell the world what to believe and what not. Stop the crocodile tears. We are Palestinians and that is our land and we have nothing to lose. We have nothing to lose. We will resist until our last breath. Palestinians, and especially Gaza, doesn't have an army. Does not have an army. Israel is sending an army into Gaza to, find, to fight people who literally do not have an army to fight back with. What war is this? This is not war. This is genocide. They wanted us to live in peace, but that's not happening. It all started at the beginning of the holy month, Ramadan. Exactly one month ago, Israel blocked off access to the Al-Aqsa Mosque for Palestinians and nearby settlers. They were supported by the state who, who were also trying to forcibly steal Palestinians' home in Sheikh Jarrah, as you all know, as, and as you all saw the videos. Sheikh Jarrah, which is home to 3,000 Palestinians that would make an entire families homeless in a pandemic. So this colonial violence has been happening because both Israel and settlers know that their state allows them to carry weapons and assault Palestinians in their, no in their neighborhoods and their own homes, in their own homes in front of children, women. Let that sink in. Coming into your own home, peacefully, sitting there, and kicking you out, using weapons and guns, terrifying the children, and you don't want us to, and you don't want us to fight back? What is this? The last thing I want to say, the last thing, there's a million things to say, but this is the last thing I'm going to end up with. We will do everything, everything to take care of our mosque, to take care of Palestine, to free Palestine. But they come to us while peacefully praying, using steel bullets coated with rubber. They fire tear gas into the mosque. And lastly, throwing white phosphorus. Do you guys know what white phosphorus is? Throwing it in the, in the homes, throwing it at children. Children are it's burning, their faces are burning. This, it's internationally, it's internationally illegal white phosphorus. Free Palestine. Flash a white light Lit up the sky over Gaza tonight People running for cover Not knowing whether they're dead or alive They came with their tanks and their planes With ravaging fiery flames 
Nothing remains Just a voice rising up in the smoky haze We will not go down in the night without a fight You can burn up our mosques and our homes and our schools But our spirit will never die We will not go down in Gaza tonight Women and children alike Murdered and massacred night after night While the so-called leaders of countries afar Debated on who's wrong or right But their powerless words were in vain And the bombs fell down like acid rain But through the tears and the blood and the pain You could still hear that voice through the smoky haze We will not go down in the night without a fight You can burn up our mosques and our homes and our schools But our spirit will never die We will not go down in Gaza tonight That was the song, We Will Not Go Down, a song for Gaza by Michael Hart. You can find that and more of his music at the website michaelhart.com. This hour, we've been bringing you the sounds of a rally from Palestine held in Portland, Oregon on May 15th, 2021. After 10 days of bombing from May 10th to 20th, a ceasefire was reached Thursday night. But within 12 hours, Israeli forces violated the ceasefire, attacking worshippers engaged in Friday prayers at the Al-Aqsa Mosque in Jerusalem and attacking protesters in Nablus, injuring 120. The 10 days of bombing left 230 Palestinians dead, most of them killed in Israeli airstrikes. This included 64 children and 39 women. The total number of injuries was 1,383, including 315 children and 219 women injured. Ten Israelis were killed by Palestinian rocket fire in the same time period. We will return to more speakers from the Portland rally in a moment, but first, here is a clip of Representative Rashida Tlaib, the first ever Palestinian-American Congress member, speaking to the U.S. Congress this past week about the bombing of Gaza. I want to read something a mother named Iman in Gaza wrote two days ago. She said, quote, tonight I put the kids to sleep in our bedroom so that when we die, we die together. 
and no one would live to mourn the loss of another one. Help me understand the math. How many Palestinians have to die for their lives to matter? Life under apartheid strips Palestinians of their human dignity. How would you feel if you had to go through dehumanizing checkpoints? Two blocks from your own home to go to the doctor or travel across your own land? How would you feel if you had to do it while pregnant in the scorching heat as soldiers with guns controlled your freedom? How would you feel it if you lived in Gaza where your power and water might be out for days or weeks at a time? Where you cut, were cut off from your, the outside world by inhumane military blockade? Meanwhile, Palestinians' rights to nonviolent resistance have been curtailed and even criminalized. Our party leaders have spoken forcefully against BDS, calling its proponents anti-Semitic, despite the same tactics being critically critical to ending the South African apartheid mere decades ago. What we are telling Palestinians fighting apartheid is the same thing being told to my black neighbors and Americans throughout that are fighting against police brutality here. There is no form of acceptable resistance to state violence. As long as the message from Washington is that our military support for Israel is unconditional, Netanyahu's extremism, right-wing government will continue to expand settlements, continue to demolish homes, and continue to make the prospects for peace impossible. 330 of my own colleagues, and Democrats and Republicans here, 75% of the body here, signed a letter pledging that Israel shall never be made made to comply with basic human rights laws that other countries that receive our military aid must observe. You know, when I see the images and videos of destruction and death in Palestine, all I hear are the children screaming from pure fear and terror. I want to read something a mother named Iman in Gaza wrote two days ago. She said, quote, tonight I put the kids to sleep in our bedroom so that when we die, we died together. And no one would live to mourn the loss of another one. The statement broke me a little more because of my country's policies and funding will deny this mother's right to see children live, her own children live without fear and to grow old without painful trauma and violence. We must condition aid to Israel on compliance with international human rights and end the apartheid. We must, with no hesitation, demand that our country recognize the unconditional support of Israel has enabled the erasure of Palestinian life and the denial of the rights of millions of refugees and emboldens the apartheid policies that Human Rights Watch has detailed thoroughly in their recent report. I stand before you not only as a congresswoman, for the beautiful 13 District Strong, but also as a proud daughter of Palestinian immigrants and the granddaughter of a loving Palestinian grandmother living in the occupied Palestine. You take that and you combine it with the fact that I was raised in one of the most beautiful, blackest cities in America, a city where movements for civil rights and social justice are birthed, the city of Detroit. 
So I can't stand here. I can't stand silent when injustice exists, where the truth is obscured. If there's one thing Detroit instilled in this Palestinian girl from Southwest, it's you always speak truth to power even if your voice shakes. The freedom of Palestinians is connected to the fight against oppression all over the world. Lastly, to my city in Palestine, Ashanik, on a whack of Hannah, I stand here because of you. Thank you. Um, this is amazing. This is really, really, truly incredible. For all of us that have been speaking out about Palestine, that have seen our families arrested, murdered, displaced, it's, it's great that people are finally standing up against this injustice. We can't do this alone, so I thank you. I thank you for being here. As you heard, there are parallels between all of our stories. My family, <laughs> my family is also from El Abbasiyah, as Hannah also spoke about earlier today. My great-grandfather and my great-grandmother were displaced from their homes. My grandparents were displaced from their homes, the ones that they lived on for, lived in for hundreds and hundreds of years. They tilled the land for hundreds and hundreds of years. They have had lives and families raised in these lands and to be illegally evicted and displaced from their homes <laughs> over and over. My great-grandmother still owns the deed, still has the deeds and the keys to her home in El Abbasiyah, which is now an Israeli town called El Hudiyeh. There are no Palestinians that live there. My great-grandmother cannot return even though she is the legal owner of her home. She has been through four major wars. She has lived through occupation. And I pray, I pray that in her lifetime, Palestine will be free. I see the devastation of the Nakba every day. I see it in my family living in a refugee camp in Amman. I see it in my grandmother's struggle to survive in a refugee camp in Jalazon near Ramallah. I see it in my family who are no longer afraid of the nightly raids that the Israelis undertake. They throw grenades into the neighbors' houses. They arrest people. I, and they make fun of me for being afraid when I'm there. They say, how can you be afraid? This happens every day. That is startling in and of itself. That is a horrifying thing to normalize. That your sons could be arrested. That your house could be, have grenades thrown into it. The fact that they are normalized to that is what's really, really startling. We are a fragmented group. You see that in Gaza, where they cannot enter or leave because of the Israeli siege. You see that in the West Bank where they need permits to travel throughout the occupied territories. When my cousin was arrested, my family couldn't go visit him because they couldn't obtain the proper permits. He was arrested for two years and they couldn't see him. It's 
much easier to control us now that we are scattered across the world. There are seven million Palestinians living in the diaspora. That's seven million people that are denied the right to return to their homeland. This is all a direct result of the Nakba. This is all a direct result of the illegal establishment of Israel in Palestine. This is the Nakba. Every single bombardment, every single arrest, every single murder and eviction, that is because of Israel's establishment. So where do we go from here? You hear these stories, you see the parallels, I just, I hope that you can ask yourself these questions. How have you all, generalizing here, but how have you all stayed silent for the 73 plus years that the Nakba has been going on? How has Israel and the US been so successful in their campaign to dehumanize Palestinians to the point that it is, their killing is justified? We have seen the same cycle happen for 73 years. The same cycle of violence has happened over and over and over. We see it in America as well with black Americans being shot in the street. This has to end. 73 years is too long. 100 years is too long. I am... In a weird way, I'm privileged to live in the diaspora. Yes, that means I'm disconnected from my home, but that also means that I am not living under occupation and constant aggression. And because of that, it is my responsibility to educate people. It's my responsibility to my great-grandmother, to my grandfather, to my dad, to my aunts, my uncles, my cousins. It is my responsibility. And I know that a lot of other Palestinian Americans feel the same way. But that makes us easy targets. That means that if we are the only ones educating people about Palestine, that we will be blacklisted. We will be put on the Canary Mission. We will not be allowed back in to the West Bank to see our family. That's why you all have to speak up. This can't fall on Palestinians anymore. Make it impossible for the US and Israel to silence us. No longer can we be reactive. We can't wait for these events to happen and then respond. We need to be proactive in our actions. Enough with justice postponed. We demand justice for Palestine. We demand justice for black Americans. We demand justice for the indigenous populations all across the world that are subject to ethnic cleansing. And the ongoing American imperial project in Latin America, in the Middle East, in Africa. This is a political crisis that we're in and it demands political solution. End the Nakba, end catastrophe for Palestinians. This cannot go on. Boycott Israeli products, divest from Israeli institutions and sanction Israel. Palestine will not and cannot be free in isolation. We need you all. Thank you. My name is Celine.
I was born in a small village next to Haifa. My dad's family is from the 48 lands, a town next to Milfahim, Bak al sharing a wall with Bak al in the West Bank. My maternal grandfather, also from Bak al was forced to live in the West Bank, and he moved to Bak al and because of that, his land was taken from him by the Israeli government within the era of 48. To ensure the land wasn't lost to strangers, my family bought it. They bought their land back. But Israel killed my grandfather. Israel killed him. I have never met him. Do not forget about us. I am tired of seeing Arab Israeli on my passport. I want to see Palestinian from Palestine. We are here, we are proud. We come from Amalfahim, we come from Ramallah, we come from Haifa, we come from Gaza, we come from Sheikh Jarrah, we come from every single corner. We come from stolen land. They hurt our families, they hurt our friends. Why are you blaming us for defending ourselves? Why are you blaming us for being mad? America, stand up. I want my Palestinian friends who have never seen Palestine to see their land. I want to see Palestine liberated in 2022. I am tired of me and my people begging for you to hear us. I have friends in Haifa who are sitting in their apartments, scared. I have cousins who are being shot at and arrested. Free Palestine, free all Palestinian prisoners. Give back all occupied land to Palestine, Syria, and Lebanon. Our next speaker is Lemma. Lemma, please. Hello, everyone. This is Lemma speaking. I'll keep this short and brief. I am a Palestinian refugee from Beersheba, South Palestine. Even though I was born and raised in Gaza, I was talking to my friends the other day and I was telling them how maybe when you move from Gaza to any part of the world, maybe you're going to be less anxious or less stressed when you like, see attacks on Palestine because you're not maybe physically there. But in fact, you get, you get more anxious, you get more stressed, because for myself, I still have all my friends, my mom, my dad, my two little sisters, my brother who are living right now in Gaza. My, also, my grandfather, who was 19 years old when he was kicked out of a Jemassine village next to Yaffa on the Mediterranean. My grandfather is older than the so-called state of Israel. My grandfather is 92, he's alive, he still tells his story until this day. I'll tell you guys a little story. On July 27th, 2014, I still remember this day because we had to leave our house and go to my uncle's house. We thought it might be a little safer. At 2 a.m. in the morning, we heard a huge explosion. We couldn't see anything because there was no electricity. Uh, and the next day we found out that it was 
their neighbor's house. Um, at 2 a.m., we couldn't go back to sleep, and then we remembered it was my little sister's birthday. We went to the kitchen, we made her a small cake and some popcorn because we wanted her to remember that day. Only that day from the 53 days attack that happened in Palestine. We wanted that day to stick in her mind only. A few days ago, she's now 11, and I have a little, a, another little sister who's 15. I called them a few nights ago. And I was like, hey, what are you guys doing? They were like, oh, we're doing some face masks tomorrow's Eid. I was, I was about to burst into tears, but then I was like, what in the resilience is that? People who don't know if they're going to live until the next day are just trying to celebrate and live. They just want to be happy. When we go out to Chiana protest, we say free Palestine because that's, I'm sorry, because that's what we want to see. When they go out to protest, they say death to Arabs. If that doesn't tell you much about who's the oppressed and who's the oppressor, I don't know what else can. I know you guys are not waiting for someone to thank you for being here, but I do want to show my appreciation to everybody who showed up. Because right now, you're standing with Palestine, you're standing with Palestinians against colonial, colonialism, against land theft, against apartheid, against the genocide that's happening right now as we speak. Thank you guys for being here. Keep talking about it. Keep educating everybody around you. If a word does not change anything, they wouldn't have killed Ghassan Kanafani or Najil Ali. Please keep talking about it. Share it. Thank you so much. All right. And our last speaker before we have some of the... We're going to have some music going down. So, uh, Sara O. Sara O. You around? President Joe Biden came out and spoke about the vaccine a few days ago. He was completely going to ignore what's happening in Palestine, and the only sentence he says that Israel has the right to defend themselves. He was not going to address this until someone in the audience asked him, what about, what about Israel? What is happening in Israel right now? He just said that Israel has the right to defend themselves. Denying the massive killings, denying the... Uh, a, a violent dispossession, denying the, the bombs uh, in Gaza, and people in Gaza right now, they declared emergency. They don't have clean water, no medical assistant of any form, nothing. He didn't mention the violent dispossessions of the family in Jerusalem, nothing about the uh, Al-Aqsa Mosque, nothing. And yes, I'm not expecting much of a Biden administration, but there's something we can do. The least we can do is boycott Israel. We can support the BDS movement. Trust me, there's, there's way many alternatives that, uh, out there of, of those products that we use on our daily. There's so many alternatives. You can guys look it up. And there's this poem that... Um, is written by Rafif Ziadeh. She's a, a, a Palestinian-Canadian poet of human rights and activist. She wrote this beautiful poem, and I would like to share it with you guys. Allow me to speak my Arab tongue before they occupy my language as well. Allow me to speak my mother tongue before they colonize her memory as well. 
I am an Arab woman of color and we come in all shades of anger. All my grandfather ever wanted to do was wake up at dawn and watch my grandmother kneel and pray in a village hidden between Yaffa and Haifa. My mother was born under an olive tree on a soil they say is no longer mine. But I will cross their barriers, their checkpoints, and their dumb apartheid walls and return to my homeland. I'm an Arab woman of color and we come in all shades of anger. And did you hear my sister screaming yesterday as she gave birth at a checkpoint with Israeli soldiers looking between her legs for their next demographic threat? I called her baby girl Janine. And did you hear Amni Muna screaming behind their prison bars as they tear gassed her cell? We are returning to Palestine. I'm an Arab woman of color and we come in all shades of anger. But you tell me this womb inside of me will only bring your next terrorist? Beard wearing, gun waving, towel head, sad nigger? You tell me I send my children out to die? But those are your copters and your F-16s in our sky. And let's talk about this terrorism business for a second. Wasn't it the CIA that killed Alente and Lamomba? And who trained Osama in the first place? My grandparents didn't run around like clowns with white capes and white hoods on their heads lynching black people. I'm an Arab woman of color and we come in all shades of anger. So who is that woman screaming in a demonstration? Sorry, should I not scream? I forgot to be your every orientalist dream. Genie in a bottle, belly dancer, harem gar, soft-spoken Arab woman. Yes, master, no master. Thank you for the peanut butter sandwiches raining down on us from your F-16 master. Yes, my liberators are here to kill my children and call them collateral damage. I am an Arab woman of color and we come in all shades of anger. So let me just tell you this womb inside of me will only bring you your next rebel. She will have a rock in one hand and the Palestinian flag in the other. She will have a rock in one hand and a Palestinian flag in the other. I'm an Arab woman of color and we come in all shades of anger, so beware. Beware my anger. Not a penny, not a dollar. We will not pay for any, any of this slaughter. Not a penny, not a dollar. No more. Thank you. <laughs> Free Palestine. Today you heard about the numbers of our loss, but more importantly, you heard from Palestinians who shared their truth with you. I want you to think about how every one of those over 800,000 Palestinians that were displaced or murdered in 1948, every one of the ones displaced or murdered before 1948, and every one of the millions of Palestinians that exist in Palestine today and are facing displacement or violence are Palestinians like the ones standing before you. We are not just numbers, and we are definitely not a side in a conflict.
We are a people with an extraordinarily long and rich connection to the land, an indigenous connection of ancestral wisdom and tradition and historical continuity that have been brutally oppressed and subject to a program of erasure. We are an ancient people who continue to experience ethnic cleansing so that a manufactured state can exist and carry out contemporary imperialism. A state that's existential fabric is occupation. An ongoing occupation that is being resisted in every corner of Palestine. Palestine will be liberated from within by Palestinians who decolonize by any means necessary. <laughs> Palestine can only be liberated from within. And the occupation state can only be deflated from without. It is our obligation to starve the occupation of its imperialist, capitalist fuel. You have one action that is in your hands. If you wish to support Palestinians to be free, then do your part. The part only you can do from here. Boycott the financial backers of the criminalist Zionist occupation. Force the divestment on a local and national level from the financial backers of the criminalist Zionist occupation. Demand sanctions against the criminalist Zionist occupation and the criminals who collaborate with it. It is only when we isolate the criminal Zionist occupation state, when we remove the basis of its unchecked and disproportionate power, will we see Palestine be free. Do not be fooled by the language of sides and conflicts. The Palestinian people, without an army, has resisted the occupation at the hands of the world's most advanced and financially supported militant abusers on the planet for over a hundred years. The only thing they want and need is for you to stop supporting their abuser to simply withhold the dollar so that they can hold on to their land and their homes and their lives. Thank you to everybody. The speaking program is over. If you so feel motivated to donate some money, if you had any food, it is going directly to a family in Gaza who lost their entire livelihood, home, building, and it's gonna be a pool of funding to help other people get back on their feet and distribute in the community. Some, some, some people here are going to be putting some music on, I hope. Thank you for coming through. Talk to your fellow Palestinians and people in the crowd. Thank you so much.
عادي سمعوا نخدر المعادي بشت على الأياد ميت أياد مساعد ما حمو الموت ونابط بالصاد ورافض السكوت وصاحب عين الصوت وناديكم أشدوا أياديكم لستم تعاف أضعاف هم معاديكم بأس الأرض كتاب مقام بغفلة تمل خاطر بلحظة خرجت اتمع بلحظة الشموع تتغطى الوداع هو الأبقى You've been listening to the voices of Portlanders, speaking at a rally May 15th commemorating the 73rd anniversary of the Palestinian Nakba. Another protest is planned for May 22nd, that's Saturday, tomorrow, at 3 p.m. in downtown Portland at City Hall, 1200 Southwest 4th Avenue. The rally is meant to support Palestinians in Gaza and support the Palestinians of Sheikh Jarrah in Jerusalem against the violent dispossession of their homes and land. Thank you for listening. Please show your support for this program and the many programs on KBU that provide space on the airwaves for voices that are shut out of other media outlets. You can donate online at kbu.fm give. We're dependent on you, our listeners, for funding, and we're currently in our spring membership drive, trying to raise $60,000 by the end of the day tomorrow, May 22nd. Please, please give what you can, and if you have the means, please sign up as a monthly contributor. Most people give $5, $10, or $20 a month, and that is what keeps this station strong and independent. Just go to kboo.fm give. It takes just two minutes, and it provides your community with ongoing access to news and information that is essential to a well-informed and critical thinking populace. Please support KBU. Go to kboo.fm give or just click the banner in the KBU app. Thank you, everyone, for listening and supporting KBU Community Radio. And that's right, you are listening to KBOO Portland. We are, as Jenka just mentioned, that we are in the last couple days of our spring membership drive. We've raised about $47,000 out of that $60,000. Help us get to uh, that goal by the end of the weekend and do that right now by going to kboo.fm and clicking on that donate button or by texting KBOO to 44321. And if you donate today, your 
your donation will be matched dollar for dollar up to $10,000. So if you donate right now, your impact will be doubled. So right now is a great time to give. Show your support for the kind of programming that you just heard. Programming that is local. Programming that is focused on the issues that you want to be hearing about from a perspective that you appreciate. That's what Cable Community is all about. It's about amplifying voices in your community. And that's our local community. That's where, where that audio came from. And that comes from volunteers going out into the community and saying, hey, these are the voices that need to be put on the air so that we can have an informed public, so that we can also be talking about issues in a way that is equitable. Show your support for volunteer-powered Cable Community Radio today. It's you who makes this radio possible. KBOO.fm or text KBOO to 44321. KBOO Portland on 90.7 FM, K282BH Philomath on 104.3 FM, and K220HR Hood River on 91.9 FM. Major funding for the series is provided by the Corporation for Public Broadcasting with support from PRI, Public Radio International. I'm Margaret Cho, your host for Crossing East. Our stories, our history, our America. Well, in Vietnam, if you live with a GI, then they think you're part of two. Cheap. I am Chinese, Greek, Swedish, English, Scottish, German, Pennsylvania, Dutch. I don't really consider that to be my identity. That's more my heritage. I think we need to really reconcile ourselves to the fact that we are Korean. We were born in Korea. We look Korean. We're American. We live in America. What I know of Vietnam is sort of what I see in, unfortunately, Vietnam War movies. I was born in Changsha. I don't know what time it is. 